0: to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to Pharmacist Diaries. We have a special series for you today, and I'm really excited to introduce my guest, Yasser Sakrani. So today we are talking about all things entrepreneurship, and this series will be 6 episodes on the journey of uh, Pharmacist Diaries and with Microfarm. So without further ado, I will introduce Yasser to the podcast and this series. He is the CEO of Microfarm. He is also Also a specialist hospital pharmacist and a education and training pharmacist in a university. So welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited for you to be with me today on the podcast. And like I said, I'm a bit nervous today for some reason, which is really... Random for me, but it's all good. So, today's uh, the first episode of this series is all about decision to transition. So, I wanted to share with my uh, listeners and people that watch my podcast all about the reason why I created Pharmacist Diaries, but I also being a, an entrepreneur yourself, want you to share your journey. So so um, I guess uh, for me, Pharmacist Diaries was a concept which started when I was teaching university students at King's College London, so... Um, I was mainly teaching first-year students at the time. Um, It was kind of the height of COVID where we were transitioning from face-to-face education to online. But when I went into those massive lecture theatres with 150 students and I was teaching them about... Um, law and ethics, looking at the start of looking at the BNF, um, looking at how it links back to your pharmacy career and the jobs that you have. I, I found a lot of students making some quite negative comments about the profession um, and making judgments about community pharmacy, um, about the difficulty with regards to getting into the industry. And a lot of students just focusing on the clinical aspect of pharmacy and how you need to be really good at the clinical aspect in order to be a great pharmacist, which, of course, you do. But there are so many skills and so many other, I guess, um, values and passions that you can have within your kind of personal life and professional life, which you can put into your career in so many different ways i mean look at us we're both hospital pharmacists we both love education and training and now we are both entrepreneurs starting our own businesses so when i identified this kind of gap or this lack of information and um the motivation to become a pharmacist was a little bit vague for me, for the students. Um, I started looking around to see what information was out there for, for them to learn about the variety of careers. And within the UK, I found there wasn't really that much information. A lot of the KCL students travel to university um, back and forth because they live at home because it's too expensive to live in London. Um, So I was thinking, how can I educate them on their commutes? And I'm a massive fan of podcasting. I'm a massive fan of listening to them. And I thought, wow, this is actually a really unique opportunity for me to get in their earbuds and also a great opportunity to have them uh, educated and listen to content about careers on a regular basis, because I find that universities do once a year kind of careers fairs for our students, or maybe twice a year, they get that exposure. And of course, they're exposed to pharmacists from different areas of practice in their lectures, because most of our pharmacy team are pharmacists in GP practices or hospital or community industry, you know, education and training. So they they get it, but they don't actually quite get that link. Um, so obviously I started off with, uh, audio only, um, and was really excited about connecting with people online, um, through, throughout COVID because we had lost the ability to go to conferences. Um, and I love having conversations with people and it was really a great opportunity for me to share my voice about my own journey, working internationally, being the Formula One pharmacist, like that was inspirational for students. And I thought, this is amazing. Like what a great platform that I could build. Whether I reach out to two people or 225 people or 2000 people, I will make a difference by inspiring, motivating and educating. So that was, that was the initial kind of step towards doing the podcast. And there were challenges around starting the podcast because I had no idea where to to begin, you know, how do do you make audio sound good? How do you, what platforms do you use to actually record into? What apps do you need? Um, But I was very fortunate to live with uh, my husband who was on the podcast journey himself. So I learned so much from him Um, and we kind of took it from there. I guess some of the challenges that I experienced along the way is... Is they're natural? Like would why would anyone want to listen to me, you know? Am I going to be inspiring to others, you know, to students and to young people? Um, So, navigating those kind of negative thoughts was a little bit challenging in the beginning. But I think understanding my mission and my vision really helped me to continue with this journey. And now we're three years into uh, the life of a podcaster and the life of an entrepreneur. And it's just been growing week by week. And it's actually now got to the point where it's difficult to keep up. but I'm really excited about the journey and that journey has helped kind of motivate me to keep going. Um, So my question to you is, first of all, tell us about Microfarm because we really want to know why you created it and what your motivation was behind that. And also tell us, like, how did you create that idea and then transition towards actually building it?
1: Yeah, brilliant question. So uh, I started Microfarm uh, around the same time, and I hear this so often, around the same time of the pandemic starting and everyone going into lockdown and everyone has a lot more time uh, to spend on something that they've left on the back burner for a long time. MicroProtom was created because I started a new role as an antimicrobial pharmacist and a teacher practitioner. So it was my first time lecturing and I thought I wanted to educate myself on the antimicrobial field because it was completely new to me and i also knew that people struggle with microbiology in the pharmacy world so the name Microfarm is a combination of microbiology and pharmacy and of course everyone who follows the journey knows that it's expanded way beyond microbiology that was the intention at the start the whole intention was to teach pharmacists pharmacy students and junior doctors about microbiology i had this really small vision compared to where Microbiomy is today, where it was purely to educate junior doctors in my locality. Um, And I thought if I didn't have my face on there and they didn't know it's me, and I'd reached out to these individuals with a page that's completely dedicated to microbiology, one, I'd learn in the process, and two, I'd educate junior doctors who normally Uh, feel like they're getting a telling off from antimicrobial pharmacists. I thought I could change that and maybe in their spare time, they'll follow the page. Most of my followers initially were not junior doctors. So I think it's no surprise that people don't want to spend time uh, learning about microbiology when they get told off uh, by microbiology at work. Um, A lot of pharmacy students and pharmacists started to follow initially. So I realised that there was definitely an appetite for education online. Um, There was no particular plans uh, to be a a business. And I think a lot of creators will tell you this. Um, There's no plans initially. You sort of get thrown into the business side when you realize it becomes a necessity. So what I mean by that is initially I started educating people for free. And then I expanded beyond microbiology. And then it came to a stage where there's a post daily, which takes about half an hour to an hour to put together from a research and delivery perspective. And I realized there's an appetite for training and education. Particularly, there's an appetite for me to teach trainee pharmacists for the GPHC, GPHC registration assessment. The challenge with the registration assessment, is twofold. One, they're working full time. um, So they don't have that university environment that they're all used to. And two, a lot of the training programs out there were far too expensive for them to afford. So quite often you're depending on the pharmacy that you're working at to pay for that training program. If they don't pay for that training program, you sort of fend for yourself. And I've had quite a few colleagues and uh, friends that have had to fend for themselves. And Have no training program that's paid for by the pharmacy that they're working at. So I said there's a need for affordable training platform and The reason why I say becoming a business owner from this um, Hobby is a necessity is because a lot of the things that we do are very expensive It's very expensive to have the gear. It's very expensive to dedicate your time and it comes to a stage where either you stop doing what you're doing because you can't afford to spend that time anymore or you have to identify a way to generate income from what you're doing and that income pays for the entire operation. So now the training that I provide to trainee pharmacists ensures I can have high high quality educators on the platform. It also ensures that I can have a team that work on the social media because I still work full time and that operation still continues um, with this. I see quite a lot of different platforms that start a free to learn environment and it's aspirational, but quite often those accounts dwindle because of the amount of effort that you're putting in. So I think there's a lot of, there can be a lot of negativity around charging for products But at the same time, you need to value the time that you put into those products. And you need to, if people are valuing the content you're creating, that income can mean that you can spend more time on those projects rather than having to go and spend more time on extra work in order to fund that project outside of your work, if that makes sense. So, selling products means that you can have this entire operation grow. So now we have 16 clinical educators on the Microfarm program, and all of that is by having a product.
0: You've raised a few good points and a few good questions coming your way. So, I mean, first point is kind of, we both started this journey with a a passion for creating content, basically, for an audience. Um, We did it for fun. Uh, maybe with kind of limited uh, knowledge of what we could turn it into and a limited um, kind of awareness of how big the brands can become. Um, but we had no idea how much time we would need to put in to create what we're doing. And you start an Instagram, TikTok, kind of Twitter and Facebook pages, and even just keeping up with the social media alone is... Sometimes it feels like a full-time job. I find that it's my nemesis because I need to create the content to keep the brand awareness alive and I want people to enjoy and follow what I'm doing. But the amount of time it takes whilst full-time parenting, full-time working, commuting to and from work a ridiculous amount each week, it has really helped me to highlight How important it is to schedule, how important it is to manage my time, how important it is to prioritize my week so that I can get all, I guess, my passion project work done. So it's, it's definitely not for everyone. And when you, for me, like when I commit to something, I'm all in, I I don't cave, I I don't want to quit. And I want to be able to showcase everything that I'm doing and also show to people that this continuity with content creation will will stay alive. But it has been a really challenging journey. But so enjoyable at the same time. And I'm sure you feel really similarly because keeping up with everything that you need to do because you're married now. You've also got a wife at home who wants to spend time with you and not just see you at the laptop, like going wild, creating content and putting all your stuff out, Um, which is why you kind of have to expand your mindset that it's not just about you. And for, for you, I've seen that you've grown in terms of building a brand, having other people support you with educational content. You've got people supporting you with video creation and editing and even with your social media. So that's amazing. Um, so no, I, I commend you on this on this journey and I'm so glad that obviously that we've found each other along the way um, and it's a, a great opportunity to have this conversation um, with you as well.
1: Definitely. Yeah, so I did get married um, a few years ago. When I got married, I had probably 100 followers. Um, So my wife uh, thought, well, it's just going to be like a little side hobby. (laughs) And it's probably going to take about half an hour of our time um, every week. So it has grown to a lot more uh, than we expected. Um, And in order to just keep this project going, um, I think It has meant reaching out to a lot of different people, outsourcing a lot of the work to different people, just to keep this whole thing flowing. And I think both of us are really passionate about the work we do uh, as pharmacists. So in order to sort of manage both, it can be extremely, extremely difficult.
0: But it's completely doable. So people watching and kind of listening to this content with organization, prioritization, and really scheduling your time, it's completely manageable. And I say this on the podcast all the time, I am not the woman who stays up till 2, 3 in the morning doing all the work that I do. I'm in bed by half nine every day, um, even on weekends, A because I have two kids who wake me up really early or overnight um, and I need to get that rest. But I also don't want my work to interfere with my sleep. And I don't want to be that person who has to grind till, you know, early hours of the morning just to get my content out. And if I get to that point, then there's something wrong with the business that I've got. And I need to kind of make some major changes because I don't want my quality of life and my health and well-being to be impacted. But what I do want to say in the first episode of this series is that if you have a passion and if you've got an idea that you think that you can create into something, that absolutely go for it. But do your research and watch the rest of the series to find out the ins and outs of like the challenges, the mindset, um, the skills that you need in order to build what it is that you want to build. And the second point is that it's a journey. It's not going to be perfect from the first day. And it, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to face failures. You're going to have major successes. You're going to try things and they haven't worked. And you're going to have to switch up your game. And all of that is okay. Don't be afraid of putting yourself out there and trying something. And it doesn't even have to be in pharmacy. If you've got a talent with, I don't know, anything, something art related, whether you're good at crafting, whether you're good at gardening, whether you've great at languages and you've got a skill that you think that you can teach other people, make it happen and enjoy the process. So I guess that's the end of uh, the first episode of this series. Now you're kind of aware of where our entrepreneurial journeys have started and watch out for episode two, where we talk about the skill set related to entrepreneurs.